about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Just uh, let's go to Genesis 17 this morning. Should be right near the front, very close up front. You'll find it. Okay, Mary's officially here. We're ready to go. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We continue to try to teach you through the power of the Holy Ghost living in a kingdom lifestyle. A kingdom lifestyle is so much different than what we taught in Christianity, what we grew up in our religious denominations and everything else. But there's a lifestyle for you where you can live in victory every single day of your life. You don't have to have another bad day unless you choose. You can choose to have what you want. People say, do you believe a Christian can have a devil? I believe a Christian can have anything they want. And whatever you want, you can go ahead and have because you got a believer, and that believer will work no matter what you're believing for in your life. So we want to we teach and instruct as I continue to learn, you continue to learn about living because you have a purpose here right now. You're here right now for a purpose. You are a reason that you're here right now, born in this day and in this hour, to be here. And what God wants you to do is to fulfill your destiny. Say destiny. destiny. How many of you think you have a destiny here? Now, I mean, the younger you are, the harder it's to pick up on the old destiny thing because you think you've got millions of years to live yet. But as you get older and time starts running down, you understand that it's imperative that you fulfill what God has put you here to do as the days and years pass by. Even this year, which has been to some people terrible, has still gone swiftly. Did you notice that? I mean, my gosh, we're almost in September already, and it seems like we just started. So time's moving, time's flying, and there's certain things that you need to know if you're going to be used by God mightily in what he's called you to do. And I'd like to talk about two keys this morning that's going to help you to understand how to live in the kingdom, do the impossible, do those things that God wants you to do. And the keys are basically this. When you find out who God really is, it will change your life. And then when you find out who you really are, it will change your life. Those two things are the things that changed my life the most, who God is and who I am. And as I study the Bible, I found out that those are very important to God also, that that's the way God works and that's the way God does something. So here in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, it says, And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt... Well, anyway, everybody falls on their face. I just have trouble getting through that. <laughs> As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made you. Now notice, here's God introducing himself to Abra Abram, how many know this was important because God was going to use Abram? Notice the first thing God says. He introduces himself to Abram. He says, I am God Almighty, not part mighty, not sometimes mighty. He said, I am God 
Almighty. Now, it must have been important for God to make this statement to Abram right off the bat to realize who he was dealing with in this covenant and this destiny that he had. And he basically said, I am God Almighty. Say Almighty. Almighty. How many know he's God Almighty? That means he's almighty when you get up in the morning. He's almighty when you go to bed at night. He's almighty when you go to work. He's almighty when you go to the grocery store. He's almighty when gas prices go up. He's almighty when other prices go up. He's almighty when you don't have money. He's almighty when you do have money. He's almighty God. He was trying to get this across to Abraham. I am almighty God. Now, if you're going to fulfill a destiny that God has given you that you cannot possibly do without God, you need to understand, first of all, he's almighty. Because how powerful you think God is is how far you're going to be able to go in your destiny because he's going to make you lean on him to do whatever needs to be done. And if you've got a God who sometimes shows up, sometimes don't, if he's the big man upstairs that once in a while will look down, then you're not going to be able to do very much. But if you find out that who's coming after you is God Almighty, say Almighty, that opens the door for some big things, don't it? Now notice the second thing he does. He changes his identification. He says, I no longer want to call you Abram. I want to call you Abraham because Abraham means a father of many what? Nations. So what did he do? First of all, he introduced himself. Then he introduced Abraham to Abraham himself. Now, personally, if I was God, I wouldn't have picked Abraham. Come on. Why would I pick a guy who's 100 years old? Why would I pick a wife who's barren and 90 years old? I mean, I'd have found some young girl, some young guy. He's just the fertilest thing you ever saw, praise God. And he's nice and young. Wouldn't you do that? I mean, in the natural, don't that make sense? But God didn't do that, did he? He picked some old guy who was 100 years old and some woman that couldn't have a baby. Why did he do that? Because in order for it to be done, Abraham had to realize that he was God Almighty and that Abraham was no longer a barren old guy, but he was the father of many. So God wants to change that idea and show what happened. So then he goes to Sarah. How many know he went to Sarai, the Bible says? And he goes to Sarai and says, you're no longer Sarai. You're Sarah. Why? Because you're a princess. You're the mother of many children. You're the mother of many nations. You're from a royal line, Sarah means. What's he doing? Once again, after he introduces himself, he changes what they think of him. Basically, he then changes their identity. Say, changes their identity. And this is a key. If your identity never changes after you get born again, you're just going to be a born-again loser rather than a non-born-again loser. Not quite a loss, because you're going to go to heaven, praise God, and you know, that's good. But you're still going to be a loser in the fact of who you think you are. The man, as a man thinks in his heart, so is what? So is he, praise God. All right, go to Genesis 35. I want to show you I'm not making this up. Here comes God once again. Now he's dealing with somebody by the name of Jacob. Say Jacob. Jacob. Look at verse 10. And God said, 3510, And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob, which means liar, deceiver. But Israel shall be thy name, and you shall be called Israel. What did he do once again? He changed his identity. Look at verse 11. And God said unto him, I am who? Who am I? Who is he? Here we see him doing the same thing. He's coming to a guy who's a deceiver, a liar, known that way. And basically, first of all, he changes his identity and he introduces himself, who he is to him, so he can rely on Almighty God to make the change and do whatever God has called him to do. Do you see it? As you go through the Bible, you can see the whole thing. I mean, he comes to Moses and he says, you're going to be the deliverer. You're going to deliver my people. And what did Moses have? A thousand excuses. I can't talk, I stutter, uh, I don't know what to say, I'm afraid of people, I don't want to stand in front of people, I don't want to do all this stuff, and so how can I do it? And God just tell, says, tell him I am. 
What did he do? He introduced himself once again to Moses, who gave him the power and the initiative to do what he was called to do at that time. Saul was on his way to Damascus. He got hit by a bright light. He got knocked to the ground. And he got up and said, who are you? He says, I'm Jesus. I mean, that was an introduction. Praise God. I think he was, he was hoping to hear from a cloud or something, but he, I'm Jesus. Whoa, praise God. That's the big one there. What was he doing? Once again, God was introducing himself to Saul, then changed his name to Paul, who changed his identity once again so that he could do what God wanted him to do, relying on the almighty God that he had with him and on the inside of him. I don't know what your viewpoint of God is this morning. But if it's weak, if it's sometimes show up, if it's maybe he cares, maybe he don't, you need to change your identity of who God really is, praise God. He's already did it. He's God Almighty. Say, he's God Almighty. Now, if he's God Almighty, that means everything's possible to me if I'm working with God Almighty as long as I change my identity to line up with what he made me when I got born again. I mean, no, there was a major change that took place in your life with the day that you got born again. It just wasn't what they told you. You come down, kneel down, accept Jesus. Now you're going to heaven. Now go back out and live like the devil and do whatever you want to do because you're going to heaven. No, that's not it. What are you going to do from point A when you got born again to point D when you pass from this world is going to make a difference in the next world because you've been called to do something. There are people who are not going to be touched simply because people have not moved from the heavenly realm of just going to heaven. They think that being born again is I'm just going to heaven and that's where I belong and praise God. That's all I'm going to do. There's people committing suicide. Why? No purpose. Right. You won't commit suicide if you've got a purpose. And, and we got all kind of gels out there and surgeries and everything to make you live longer. Why live longer if you don't know why you're living anyway? Come on now. Never see it advertised on TV, not a gel, not a surgery, but you have a destiny. And you need to follow God to get to your destiny no matter how long you live. You're never going to see that on TV. But we got skin creams and we got all this other stuff. I want to live long. I want to live long. I mean, what's the point if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing anyway? You might as well just get out of here and get it over with. I guarantee you heaven's better than here. I've read a few stories about it. It sounds pretty darn good to me. I mean, I don't know. Never been there. But then we should all just get born again, die, and go to heaven the next day. Wouldn't that be easier? But that's not it. Jesus did not come to take you to heaven. He came to bring heaven to earth through you. So you have an opportunity to impact, influence, change the world around you right now. And that's what God wants to do by bringing the kingdom here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. All right, go to Ezekiel chapter 36. Still in the Old Testament. Don't go to the New. You'll never find it. As you read the Old Testament, you're going to find out there's a lot of things in the Old Testament that relate or are a shadow of the New Testament. So as you study the Old Testament, you're going to find revelation for the New Testament. Do not read it to associate with the people there. If you associate with the people there, you'll take the identity of the people there. And you're not an Old Testament person. You're a born-again child of God in the kingdom of God now. Are you listening to me? You're not Job. Jesus. My God, people all over the... I'm just like Job. No, you're not. You ain't anything like Job, praise God. My God, come on. Peace. Just like Peter, I denied him three times. No, you already received him. You're done denying. Move on, praise God. So as you read it, it will give revelation to further in your life, and that's what we're going to look at here. Ezekiel chapter 36. I'll tell you a good example of it. If you ever studied Isaiah 53, Isaiah had a better picture of the cross than the disciples who were standing there. 
He knew exactly what was going on. We were getting delivered. We were getting healed. And the disciples, they just ran away. They had no idea what was going on. Why? Because there was revelation to a prophecy in the Old Testament that would give us insight into what actually took place. That's why you use the Old Testament to find those things. All right, Ezekiel chapter 36. Look at verse 24. Ezekiel saw something here. He said, For God will take you from among the heathen, gather you out of all countries, and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments, and you shall do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your what? All right, now this is Ezekiel. What has he got? He's got foresight into the born-again experience. He never participated in it. He couldn't get it because Jesus didn't come yet. But he's telling you what happens. First of all, he will take you out from among the heathen. How many of you were heathen at one time? Hallelujah. How many of you have been taken out from among the heathen? How many of you are glad you've been taken out from among the heathen? (laughs) And he clarifies here. There's only two different orders in this earth right now. There is the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of darkness. There are people who are born again into the family of God and those who are in the family of Satan. There are heathens and there are Christians or born again kingdom people. Those are the only two that exist here on the world. So he says, I'm going to take you out. Then look what he says, verse 25. Then I will sprinkle you with clean water and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. What's he talking about there? He's talking about the word of the living God is a type and shadow of water in the Testament. So what does he say? After I bring you out, I'm going to take that word and I'm going to clean you up with that word of God. I'm going to teach you the word. I'm going to have you read the word. I'm going to have you study the word. And it's going to remove all this filthiness that you had on the inside of you and take away your idols. Say, take away my idols. How many of you had? You had plenty of them when you were heathen. God was on your list. He was just down here. See? We had alcohol. We had sex. We had drugs. We had all these things. These were our idols, fame, fortune, all this stuff. But he says, I'm going to eliminate those as you go through the word of God. The word of God is going to wash you. Verse 26, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. What is he talking about there? The day that you got born again, the old devil nature on the inside of you, that day was killed. It was not renewed, remodeled revamped, killed, passed away. It is dead. And he took a new spirit, his own nature, and put it on the inside of you. So now on the inside of you is the nature of God that's on the inside of you. Now what do I want to do? I want to grow by associating with the new nature that God put in me, not by associating with the old nature that God killed, or I'll live in the old nature that got killed rather than the new nature that belongs to me right now. That's why once you get born again, you cannot carry your old stuff into the new realm. You can't take it in there. I don't care what your problem was before you got born again. At that time, praise God, things changed. There was a miracle. Everybody wants a miracle. That was a miracle, praise God. I'm telling you right now. That was a miracle. What happened? The inside of you got changed. So now you've got this new God-like on the inside of you. What are your qualities? Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. That's who I am right now. I'm not angry, ugly, mean. They died. Say he died. died. All right, look at verse 27. Then after he does that, he's going to put his spirit. How many know that? The Holy Ghost. 
So why did he put the Holy Ghost in you? Because that was his plan all along when he came to earth. That's why Jesus came. Did he come to suffer and die? Yes. Did he come to be raised? Yes. But his final thing that he wanted to do, the reason why he did all those things was to get the Holy Ghost on the back on the inside of mankind so you would have a heavenly connection with God and you could hear God's voice, follow God's leading, do what God wants you to do so you could bring heaven into the earth realm. So the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. He puts this new God spirit in you, then he puts the Holy Ghost spirit on the inside of you. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and you shall do what? Do them. Say do them. How many want to do them? My God, that's what it's all about. We're here to do them. We're here to walk in love. We're here to bring peace. We're here to bring joy. We're here to bring power. We're here to bring authority in our life. And the Holy Ghost is in there leading and guiding us a step it away, not to get better, not to try harder, not to do what we can do, but to simply believe what happened that day of your miracle so you can walk in what happened the day of that miracle and walk in victory every single day of your life because that's who you are, praise God. Now we sing the song, that's who I am, and everybody likes it and jumps around. But the question is, what does this think? You can be thinking that's who I am at the same time thinking I certainly ain't. See, you've got to understand what God did for you at the miracle of the new birth. And when you do that, notice your relationship changed. Verse 28, and you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and you now shall be my people, and I will be your God. Now, notice this is Old Testament, isn't it? So it's no longer a people and his God. It's a son and their father. See, the day you got born again, you got born in the family of God. You are royalty just like that. Bang. How many know it takes time for royalty to understand their royalty? I mean, even the people who grew up under kings and grew up under queens, most of them got to be trained from their little kid how to hold the teacup, how to walk, how to respond, how to sit down, how to get up. Well, they're being trained because they're royalty. Well, now you've been born into royalty, and it's going to take some time to get you to look, act, and become royalty that you already are because you've been made that way. And the more you see yourself as a king and priest, the more you'll start operating in your life. The kingdom of God, what it did most for me, it gave me power and authority over everything that I claimed to be in bondage of my whole life. See, everybody claimed to be in bondage. Well, I got an anger problem, always had an anger problem, that's who I am. Are you born again? Yeah, but I, took, I got that anger problem anyway. Grandma had it, dad had it, everybody got it, everybody gets anger. What do we do when something happens? We get angry. That's the way we handle it in our family, praise God. That's the way. But notice the angry man died, and now you're not an angry person anymore. So when anger even starts to rise up in me, you've got to remember, that ain't me. I'm not going to do that. That's not who I am, praise God. I'm in peace and patience and joy, and that's who I am. And as you agree with that, it releases the anointing of God on the inside of you to walk in that and be that and live that in your daily life. So notice, you're a child of God today. Praise God. You've been born into the kingdom of God. All right, go to Romans chapter 2. I'm going to caution you, this next section is for mature audiences only. (laughs) But it's a good illustration, so we're going to use it. All right, Romans chapter 2, look at verse 28. Paul says, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter whose praise is not of men but praise is of who God 
Now, we all know the Old Testament. We know what Jewish people do. When Jewish men come to the Jew club or become Jews, basically, they get circumcised. Everybody knows what circumcision is? Praise God, good. I really don't want to explain it, so you should have it down by now. Praise God. It makes me quiver just to think about it. Praise God. All right, so circumcision. So they got circumcised at that time. Circumcised means to cut away permanently, to cut away and get rid of. So basically, this, once again, is another type and shadow. When they got circumcised, they came into, if you would, the Jew club. When you got born again, you came into the God club. When they got circumcised, that was an example of them moving into the Jew club. When you got born again, that's an example of you coming into the kingdom of God. Are you following me? Hallelujah. Now, how many of you know once the man got circumcised, he did not leave there and carry the foreskin around with him the rest of his life? Come on now. Sounds ridiculous, don't it? But we got people being born again who pick up that old man and throw it on their back and now going through life. It's just so hard out here. It's just as ridiculous to carry that around as it is the old man, basically, that you have, praise God. How many of you claim to be half God, half devil? A lot of Christians do. Well, he wasn't half Jew, half something else. Bless God, when they took that thing off of him, he was a Jew. And he's hoping they took it all off. Come on now, it's the same way with us. It's been cut away. It's been gone. Most people get born again. Then the pastor teaches them how to kill the foreskin. Die to yourself. Die. You just got to keep dying every day to yourself. Put yourself to death. No, somebody already did that. Matter of fact, if you could put your old man to death, then why did he go to the cross? You might as well just say, I did it. Pat yourself on the back and we'll make you Jesus. Come on now. What is that? That's pride, if anything, is it not? That I can do it without Jesus? No, everything you got, praise God, is because of what Jesus did. And he killed the old man. You don't have to kill somebody that's already dead. People fight in the flesh all the time. A fight in the flesh, fight in the flesh. He's dead. I'm more than happy to go in the ring with some 6'8", 250-pounder if he's dead. Come on. Yeah, go ahead. Get up. Go ahead. But how do you know if he's dead? He's dead. Now, if he was half dead... I'd wait till somebody killed him. But it don't work that way. See, your old person, your old flesh, your old stuff is already dead. Now, in the Old Testament, here's another thing. You could not tell who was part of the Jew club or not because you couldn't see if they were circumcised or not. So the only way you could tell is if they were a blessed people, a peaceful people, a joyful people, because they had a covenant with Almighty God. And he said, man, you must be Jew. Man, you're getting blessed in every area of your life. Well, a born-again believer, Christian kingdom person cannot be seen either. You can't look at somebody and say, oh, yeah, I see it. You're born again. Oh, I see your spirit's been changed. No, basically it's done by they look at us and they see us happy and they see us joyful and they see us powerful and they see us prosperous. They say, you must be one of them people. See, why is that? Because there was a circumcision. Something was done. And your evidence of being a born-again believer is not being a good little girl or a bad little boy or whatever it is. It's peace and joy and power. The Bible says what separates you from everybody else is something called fruit. Say fruit. Yeah, yeah what, what is fruit? Fruit is living in joy, living in peace. And we sing songs that we're going to praise God in the midst of the storm. Those are not just songs. Those are trying to teach you to praise God in the middle of the so you can sing that all morning long. This is the day the Lord had. No matter what comes my way. And you can walk out of here and something hits you. And, uh, uh. See, this is not something we sing. This is something we do. This is something we learn. This is a change on the inside of us. So when I found out I wasn't who I thought I was after I got born again, that's when alcohol was gone forever. I was no longer a born-again, spirit-filled alcoholic. No, I was born-again, spirit-filled, delivered. And the alcoholic, down there he laid. 
Dead as a doornail. The angry man was dead, dead as a doornail. The one that wanted to sin was dead. Let not sin have dominion over me anymore because I'm in a different realm. I'm in a different place. And I choose with the authority that God gave me to live above that realm in my life. And I'll tell you something that God did for me at that time, and you don't have to do it. Women definitely don't do it. But God told me to grow a mustache. He did. I got born again. He said, girl, mustache. I said, why is that? He said, every time you look in the mirror, you'll remember that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. I said, okay. So I tried, capital T-R-I-E-D, to grow a mustache that sort of came in. But it was enough where I could see it. So every time I got up in the morning, I looked in the mirror, what was my first thought? I'm a new creation. Shaved, what was my first thought? I'm a new creation. Walk by somebody who continually made fun of the mustache I was trying to grow reminded me of I was a new creation. What was it? It was God's way of getting across to me, you're not the old person that you used to be, that you're delivered and freed from this stuff, that you, was. A, that's what he did. So praise God. I mean, it didn't grow on very much, but it let me know. So maybe there's something in your life you want to do. You know, the men, grow whatever you want. Women, you shouldn't be growing anything up there, praise God. So it's, so it's entirely up to you. But what I'm saying is God wants to get the point across. Do you understand? God wants you to know that there's been a change in your life that belongs to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to Galatians chapter 6. All right, Galatians chapter 6, look at verse 12. It says, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walks in this rule, peace will be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. So once again, what's he talking about? He's talking about the change that you came. Now, if, if you're a minister or you're a preacher and you just tell the people to try harder, do your best, continue to struggle against your faults and everything that you've got, you're not going to be persecuted for that. You're only going to be persecuted when you tell them that they're holy and they're righteous and God has provided that for them. That's when they want to argue with you. They don't argue with you if they say you're a loser. You say, That's right. You're no good. To, amen. Praise Jesus. No, but when you start telling them that they're not that anymore and they've been totally changed by the power of God, persecution will come on you. Anytime you teach works, you don't get in trouble. The only time you get in trouble is when you teach faith and believe in God. That's when you get in trouble. Why? Because that's too darn easy. See, we want to do something. I want to do something to become righteous. I don't want God to do everything. I want to do something. So when I get done, I can say, I fasted and I prayed. Yeah. Oh, yes, it was a rough time in my life. But I've moved into righteousness. No, you moved into righteousness before you fasted and prayed. Yeah. Problem was, you don't know it, so you're still trying to acquire something that God already provided for you. And the Bible calls them dead works. Say dead works. Dead works. So what makes a difference here? He said, the only thing that makes a difference to you, and we want to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you want to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ? You, want to glory, you don't want to glory in your own works and your own stuff and whatever you do. You want to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, basically. So the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, I found out that at the cross when Jesus was laid, I was made holy. I was made righteous. 
I was anointed. I was blessed. I was given authority. I was made prosperous. I was doing all these things. What did I do? Absolutely nothing. As a matter of fact, before I was even born, he did all this stuff for me. He didn't do it because I did something. In other words, I'm a good little boy and Jesus is going to go to the cross. Jesus went to the cross before you were even popped out of the mother's womb, praise God. He loved you even before then. Do you see? God was way ahead of us. Why? Because he loves us so very much. He went ahead and took care of all your problems before you had problems. You want to know another thing? He healed you before you got sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. He healed you before you got sick. He delivered you before you walked into deliverance. All these things have been provided for. So I'm going to glory in the cross, praise God. I'm not going to glory in, well, I'm just such a great pastor. I've gone through such hardships. These hardships have grown me into this blossom that you see before you this morning. No, they tried to kill me with those hardships, you understand? They didn't prosper me in any way. But I had a walk in faith. I had a walk in who I was. I had a walk in my identity to get through those things, praise God. So I'm going to praise God in the midst of the storm. I was still righteous by what he did. I was still holy. I still had authority. I still had power. Why? Because he provided it for me on the cross. So I'm going to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And notice, only one thing matters. Say one thing matters. A new creation. I see, I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're Spanish. I care if you're full of the Holy Ghost. Make any difference to me. And some people I don't even have to ask whether they are or whether they're not. It's obviously there's some people in the large cities right now who are not quite full of the same Holy Ghost. They're full of a ghost. Come on, see? And what are they lacking? They're lacking a change in their life to go from that ghost to the new ghost. To the Holy Ghost. There needs to be a change there on the inside of them. So that's all that matters to me as a spiritual being. How many know you're a spiritual being? We're not fleshy beings. Don't matter what kind of house you live in, praise God. You don't see people living in brick houses going and burning down people in wood houses because they don't like what they live in. No, praise God. We're, we're Holy Ghost people. We're spiritual beings, glory to God. We have a soul. We have a physical body. And that's what we're working on. Working on our soul right now. The spirit man, we're born in the image and likeness of God. He's in there. Everything you need is already in you. But in order to get it out and have it manifest, it's got to go through this thought life of ours, this imagination, this mind, this everything that's in here. So that's why the Word of God is so important because that will renew your mind to who you are as the Word of God. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Make sure when you read scripture, you make sure that it's, and understand it's talking to you. Not talking to everybody but you, but it's talking to you. It was written to you, praise God. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is, say is, is. say is. is. Notice only two letters, but how many know those are big letters? Because people told me you're born again and now you're a new creation, then they told me how to go about becoming one. What was the sense? If I was, then why become what I already was? In other words, they put in there, if any man be in Christ, he may become a new creation sometimes when he does enough. And that doesn't work that way. He is. Say, I am. am. Notice, old things have, they've done what? Behold, all things have become, and all things are of who? All things are of God. So what's it saying here? It's saying the same thing as Ezekiel said. I'm going to put a new spirit in you. I'm going to take the old spirit out. It says the same thing that Romans said. I'm going to circumcise and take away the foreskin. Galatians says one thing matters that you are a new creation. Say, I'm not the person I used to be. I am brand new, completely different. I have started a new life. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. 
Now, how many know this is good news? Because everything that you've been struggling with up to this point has already been dead, and you're fighting a battle that you're never going to win because you can't kill them anymore. You see, the good news is when you were born again, the old you died, the sinner died, the failure died, the weak man died, the sick man died, the demon-controlled man died, passed away, dead, gone, kicked the bucket forever. You recreated, the Bible says, his workmanship in Christ Jesus unto good works of power that he has ordained for you to do. All right, go up to John chapter 5. All right, John chapter 5, look at verse 24. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into damnation, but is passed from death to life. Now notice this scripture. Read it in the tenses. Surely, surely, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believes on him. How many of you have done that? Yeah. Believes on him that sent me has everlasting life. Say has. Not going to get, not going to get, not try to get, not hope to get. You have everlasting life. Now, what is everlasting life? That you're going to live forever? No, because everybody's going to live forever. This just tells you where you're going to live. So notice, has everlasting life. So on the inside of you, you have God's life on the inside of you. And shall not come into condemnation, but is past. Say, is past. Say, is past. Notice, you have passed from death to life. You are not in the process of passing through an area to get to life. All these things were done by the cross, were done by Jesus Christ, and they're simply accepted by grace that he did through faith, not of yourself. They are all a gift of God. You wonder why people get excited during praise and worship. You wonder why people are, are excited about God. You wonder, because they know this, the people that don't, they don't have anything to get excited about. What did Jesus do for you? Going to heaven. What'd you do? Got saved 22 years ago, went down the altar, got my fire insurance policy. <laughs> I'm going to heaven now, praise God. Did you ever read the Bible? No. Got a destiny? Yeah, heaven. That is my destiny. That's where I'm going. What about the kingdom of God? When I get there, the kingdom will be wonderful. No, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And if he said it's at hand, there's a good chance it's at hand. That means we can walk in that kingdom, we can live in that kingdom, we can be in that kingdom, we can do whatever the heck we want to do in that kingdom with the power of God that's been given on the inside of us. All right, go to John chapter 1. All right, John chapter 1, look at verse 12. It says, but as many as received him. How many of you have received him? If not, you need to. To them gave he power and authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not born of the will of the flesh, not born of the will of man, but born of who? God. Say, born of God. Born of God. Now, my kids were born after me, and chances are if you stay around them long enough, you'll be able to figure out that they were born after me because in a lot of ways they act like me, even though they may not realize they're acting like me because they were born of me. Are you following me? Well, it's the same way with God. If we're born of God, then we should have the ability on the inside of us to act like God, to talk like God, to be led by God with God's nature on the inside of us. Look at verse 16. And of his fullness have all we received how much? 
have we all, all we received grace upon grace. So everything that you need in your life that you're battling right now has already been given you. You've given the victory. You've given the sword. You've given everything that you need on it. The only thing is there's a growing process once you get in the kingdom of God. And here's where you've got to be careful because everybody's at a different level. We get upset with some people. They've only been saved for one year, and they don't know anything basically that we do because we've been saved for 30 years, praise God, and we're very intelligent right now. But, but notice, in the natural realm, it's the same way. You know, when we had our boys and we brought them home from the hospital, I didn't say, come on, let's go play football in the yard. Boys, come on, let's go. How many know it wanted to work because they had to grow up? I didn't say, hey, get out there and get that yard mode. How many know they wanted to did it? Because there was a growing process, even in the natural realm, that they had to do to grow up into a place to be taught in order to do it. Basically, what does a baby do? Messes. <laughs> cries for food. And now people in the kingdom of God get born again, and they're a mess. How many know they're going to be a mess for a while? So what are we there? We're there to change their diaper? Now, when they've been in the church 20 years, there'll be no more diaper changing. I say that in love. Unconditionally, yeah. Unconditionally. I have associate pastors that change diapers. That's why we have them on staff. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Anyway, yeah, and then they start to crawl. And, and notice what a baby does when it starts to crawl. How many know it eats everything? Yeah. It don't care what's on that floor, bless God. It's going to eat it if it's there. And new Christians get that way too. All at once they're listening to, to Pastor Blabbermouth, and then they're listening to Susie Prophet, who doesn't know anything, and then they're listening to a decent pastor, and before long they're... They're all mixed up. That's why it's important that we give the baby the best food and we do all this stuff. It's the same way in the in spiritual realm. We want to give the food. We want to tell them. I mean, if everybody get born again and get a revelation of this identification they've got right now, you know how fast they would grow? You know how much they would quit fighting and quit struggling and quit wearing themselves out for the thing? So basically, once you get born again, there is a fight because the kingdom of darkness does not want you operating in the spiritual realm. It wants to keep you in the natural realm and I'll tell you that's evident in the churches you can go to a church of 500 1,000 people and if the power of God slides in there somehow and starts slaying people in the spirit and people start breaking out in the joy and demons start getting out of people and all this stuff's happening how many know those people in there think it's weird yet there are a thousand Christians in that place born again and they think this stuff's weird look at them they tithe you know, those people go to church every week. I don't know what's the matter. They're taking a class. What is the matter with these people? I don't, I don't understand. They fall down in their spirit. There's a guy I play basketball with who, who I thought we were on the same side. Because we're there, and he always says, you know, we got to get these guys to king, or get born again. I said, good, let's do that. You know, we play basketball and everything. And last week he came up to me, and he just said, uh, you know, I was watching TV the other day, and one of those preachers came on and knocks people down in the spirit. He said, I just couldn't believe it. I said, why not? And he said, because that stuff don't happen. People get knocked down. I said, have you ever gotten knocked down? He said, oh, of course not. I didn't get knocked down. I said, have you ever asked to? And he said, well, no, I never thought about it. I said, ask to sometimes and see what happens. You may just find out that it's more real than you think it is. But see, it's a shock. And you can even see it in the Bible here. I mean, they're going to cross the water in a boat, and they're just about ready to drown, and they're all panicking, and Jesus is sleeping. So they elbow him, Jesus gets up and says, peace be still, and it stops. And what do they say? What manner of man is this? What's the matter with this guy? This isn't the way we do our Christianity. We scream for help in the boat and cry out for something to happen. We don't stand up and talk to different things there. That's not the way that we do it. Uh, uh, what manner of man is this? And I'll tell you what, you start living in this stuff, they're going to say, what manner of man is that? And they're going to be gone. But when they need help, 
Ring, 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 ring. Come on now. Telling you the truth from experience. See? And then they will come down the mountain one time, and there's a boy there, and, and the disciples can't get the devil out of him. And Jesus cast the devil out, and Jesus didn't say, great try, fellas. Well, no, he said, you wicked and perverse generation. Apparently, he was seeing a different kind of lifestyle than they were seeing at that time. But yet, they're, they're his disciples. They follow him everywhere. They've been taught for three years. They're his people. And they thought he was a weirdo. Come on. And so it's the same way in the church right now. For you to come out of the natural and get in the spiritual, you're going to take some abuse on the way out. When I got born again, I lost some unsaved friends. When I started walking in the kingdom, I lost some saved ones. See, because it's another, another level that's available to you. You can go to this level if you want to. Is there going to be persecution? It's promised. How many of you quote that, by, that scripture? Promise scripture. I'm going to be persecuted as I walk like God. Yes, praise. No, we skip that one, don't we? We want the prosperity. We want the joy. We want the peace. We don't want the persecution stuff, praise God. That's not supposed to be. That's going to come as we walk above the realm of everybody else. So what's God trying to do? He's trying to renew our mind, change the way that we think so that we know that he is as almighty God and who he made us as a brand new creation. And it's all got to do with your thought life. He wants to renew your mind to the word of God so that you think. Get rid of anything you've got in the past and dump it. Let me give you a couple of illustrations. There's an illustration of, well, people own dogs. I don't. But some people own dogs, and you open the door when the dog's there, and the dog takes off, and he runs down the street. And, of course, you've got to chase him for two hours, finally come up with him and do whatever. So they buy these things where they put a collar around his neck. And then they put up a, a fence that's not even there. It's an invisible fence. And you let that dog out, he goes running, gets to the end, goes, Aah! and he stays there. And the next day you let him out, he runs out and goes, Aah! and he comes back to the yard and stays in the yard. Well, after you do that for about two weeks, you can go ahead and take the collar off. Because then you don't run out the door and run over there anymore. Because you know, when you're going to get there, he's going to get socked. And even though the fence isn't there anymore, come on now, even though the fence isn't there anymore, even though he's not wearing the collar anymore, he's been trained in his mind to think that that fence is still there and he's not going to go any further, whether you let him out or not. And he's just being held in the yard, basically, not by a fence, but by his mind that has taught him to be there. One time there was a circus, and basically there was a great big giant elephant there, and they'd bring him out every morning, they put him, they put this little string around this little twig, and they wind around the string, and there the elephant stood, this great big elephant tied to this little twig. And the guy said, man, did you train that elephant? Good, he listens to you. He said, doesn't listen to me at all. He said, when he was a little elephant, we put a great big stake in the ground and put it around, put it around his foot, and he pulled, and he pulled every day, and he pulled, he couldn't get that darn stake out. Then when he got older, all we gotta do is put a twig in the ground because he thinks he still can't get away. So this giant elephant sits there, and he sees that stake, and he's right there. And even though that stake, with one little pull, he could pull out of that ground, and he could run any place he wants to. But because of his mindset, yes. he won't do it. He thinks he's in bondage to that. And many people in the church are in bondage to things that are only a little twig. But the devil has trained you to believe it's not going to get any better, to believe it's not going to happen. This is all the further my marriage is going. I don't have any power. I can't do this. I can't do that. I used to do this. I used to be addicted to that. I used to be bondage to that. But you've been set free from all those things, and it's time to pull up that stake and move on with who you are in Christ Jesus right now and what he made you by the power of God because you've been set free from all these things. My God, I was sick every other week before I got born again. I had something in my throat. They wanted to take my tonsils out. I wasn't for it, so I didn't do it. Other than the ice cream, it was a terrible idea in my opinion. And they just said, you're going to have to, have to take it out. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. So when I got born again, I checked out, and I didn't see the new creation was a sick person. 
I said, praise God, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I'd lose my voice sometimes when I first, you know, started up. In that time, I was in radio. Say radio. radio. How many of you know when your throat gets real thick and bad and you can't speak, it makes radio tough? Because yeah. I couldn't, oh, how's everybody doing out there in radio land today? Is it gone real good? I mean, I gargled with all that stuff you're supposed to gargle with and couldn't get free of it. But once I got born again and found out you're not taking my voice anymore. You understand? You're not messing with my throat anymore. I'm going to be able to speak no matter what, praise God, whether you like it or not, because I've got a message for the people out there, glory to God. And I'm standing in my authority because I'm a new creation, and I'm a healed creation, and I'm a blessed creation, and I'm anointed creation, and I'm full of the power of God creation. And you better get out of my way, praise God. I'll walk all over your face before it's over with, praise God. God has given you one place in my life, and that's underneath my feet, according to Romans, praise God. And that's where you're going to stay in Jesus' name, and you're going to be there forever. And that identity starts to grow on you and I'll tell you who needs to convince you you because everybody can brag you up and say you're the best you're the greatest no I'm not I try to it's all God he does it for me I don't really have any power I'm trying to now, who the heck's going to come to you for help dear Lord come on now no go ahead and capture who you are go ahead and believe the grace that God has given you become who God has said you are praise God start walking to that and the power of God will just flow out of the inside of you uh, somebody put up must have been you yesterday but out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water but not every belly see some people got belly problems and it comes from their mind down into their belly and holds back the power of God. You've got to believe who God said you were. And it's all by grace through faith. Say faith. faith. So all you do is when you read the Bible, you just simply believe what it tells you who you are and what you can do. And sometimes even talk to yourself about it. Sometimes you've got to talk to yourself, praise God. I got up this morning. I'll tell you what, I could barely get out of bed this morning. I ain't kidding you. I did some stupid stuff. Man, I don't think I'm going to do that again. But <laughs> Jesus. You know, it was a good idea. I'm a steward of God stuff. And I want to please God, and, you know, I want to do what God wants to do, and I want to be a good manager. Well, I saw the parking lot out here, and they had, last week we came in, it was wet, and it had all that mildew and stuff along there. And I said, that's, we can't leave God's property like that. So I said, I'm going to get my pressure cleaner, and I'm going to clean it. And that wasn't bad, because I only stood there for like three hours, and a little bit back in here the next day. But then the curbs didn't look very good. And the things you parked didn't look very good. I said, well, I'll get me a gallon of paint. Boy, it sounds like a good idea. Went out there and painted them all up, got them all looking real nice, finished the last one. Took me about 25 minutes to get up. <laughs> Went home yesterday, sat in the rocking chair at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Finally got up at 9.30 and squandered back to bed. Went to bed, that it'll be better in the morning, wasn't, wasn't any better in the morning at all, so... Sometimes we inflict ourselves, you see, with this stuff. So i got to start talking to myself this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everything's fine. Glory to God. It's pain's leaving. I'm going to get up and get exercising today, and everything's going to be all right. Praise God. Am I going to do any painting today? No. Praise God. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. No. It's not of God today. I know that. It's not of God today. Hallelujah. But you've got to talk to yourself sometimes, and you didn't paint anything. It's just Monday, and the alarm went off. And you've got to say, I'm getting up this morning. That's right. This is the day the Lord has made, and I'm going to rejoice. Praise God. I love my job. I love the people at my job. I love my I love everybody. Praise God. I'm full of the power of God. And as you say that and relate to it in agreement, this anointing on the inside of your ability of God starts to go to work on the inside of you. And if you're not careful in the midst of all that down and out, you may feel a goosebump. Woohoo! Glory. Glory. I thought he was in Alaska this morning, but there's part of him here this morning. 
What are you doing? You're encouraging yourself in the Lord and the things that do that. And everybody has those times. Everybody has a time, but it's what you do in those times that makes the difference. And you're a victor today. Do you understand? You're not a victim today. You're a king today. You're not a subject today. You're a son of God, not a servant of God today. That's who he's made you. Now grab onto that identity, grow on that identity, and praise God, you're going to grow up in more power and victory in a short period of time than you've done if you've been in the church forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Jump up this morning. Do you want to share this morning? All right. Well, let's, let me do one thing first. Can I do that thing? Stand up. All right, every eye closed this morning. I want you to find in your own life where the stake is with the elephant this morning. What have you claimed about yourself over the last 3, 4, 10, 15, 20 years? What derogatory thing do you think about yourself that has become a pattern for you? It's the same thing that when somebody compliments you on that, you disregard it and run away from it. What is that this morning? Is it laziness? Come on, is it sadness? Is it depression? Is it rejection? Is it, I'm so ugly, nobody loves me? Is it not loved? Nobody loves me. I know it's no, nobody loves me. Is it sadness? I'm just sad all the time. Is it sickness? Is it being just stupid you think you are? Is it being poor? Is it being addicted to something? Is it being an angry person? That's just the way I am. No, it's not the way you are. Find out what your number one is and start attacking that thing. If it's an angry person, you start confessing you are the most peaceful, patient person in the entire world. And every time that feeling starts to rise up on the inside of you, say, no, in Jesus' name, I am a peaceful person. No, I don't need that anymore. No, I don't need alcohol anymore. No, I don't need drugs anymore. No, I don't need this stuff anymore because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And Get that thing off this day. You do it by faith in who you are, by confession in who you are, not by trying to overcome it. You cannot overcome it. It's like when before you were born again trying to get saved. You couldn't do enough to get saved. Praise God. Father, I thank you right now for your spirit. I release the anointing of God into the hearts of every person here. I thank you, Father, to break whatever's on their lives that's been a pattern for them. Maybe it was a word that came from their parents, maybe from their spouse, maybe from somebody else, maybe from their school teacher, whoever implanted that in there right now. I command it to be broken in the name of Jesus and be released. I pray, Father, for clear sight and revelation that they will see who they really are in God's eyes, not in anybody else's eyes but yours. And I thank you for deliverance in every single person here this morning. I speak to addictions in the name of Jesus. I speak to poverty in the name of Jesus. I speak to sickness and disease and pains in your body. They go now in the name of Jesus. I speak to a spirit of rejection that you've had your whole life, unloving in the name of Jesus. I command you now to be free in Jesus' name. Walk in the power of God. Walk in agreement with the kingdom of God. And praise God, forth we're going to go living like kings and priests in this time that we need to do it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for what you did this morning, and I give you praise for all that you're doing in my life and the others. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.
Jesus, the King.